During this episode at Disconnection, we will be speaking to Ryan Sloan, who will share with us real and relatable stories covering a range of topics from his unique perspective. So, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank Uh, you for having me. Absolutely. And why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself so they can gauge who you are? Sure. Um, So I'm a a singer-songwriter of an alternative rock group called Wyland. Uh, We're based out of New Jersey. And uh, I'm also a a filmmaker. And uh, I'm just a a traveler through life, just fucking around every day and seeing what happens, you know? Would you say that uh, you're one of those wanderlust people? I I would say that I I want to be. Um, There was a, a... there was a, a movie with uh, Viggo Mortensen that came out last year. I think it was, I think it was probably one of my favorite movies of 2016. Uh, it was called like uh, Mr. Fantastic, mm-hmm. and uh, like the whole time, like damn man, that, like that's the life I want. Like he like just lives in the wild and like raised his kids like outside of society, and uh, and and then it shows the transit transition of them getting back into society and how much trouble they have, kind of uh, being a part of it. Uh, but the whole time, like, I'm always drawn to those kind of films, and I'm like, I think that's what I want to I think one day I'm just going to, like, give up everything and just go hide in the woods. Live off the grid, like, yeah, be self-sustainable exactly. I'll, I'll sort get, of stuff. I'll probably get fucking eaten by a bear or something. So. <laughs> you learn to fight them off. You figure it out. Yeah. Have you read any, like, Survivor books? I haven't. No, I'm not. You know, I'm not uh, as big of a reader as I'd like to be. I buy a bunch of books, and then I never fucking read them. What was the most recent book you bought? I bought The Peregrine. Uh yeah, it's it's like a, a story about this uh, this observer who's observing this uh, peregrine, this bird, and then he's see. I I know the summary, so then I never fucking read it. <laughs> I like read so deeply into the summary, and then I'm like, ah, oh, I already know what it's about. Fuck it. Um, but it's about this guy who like observes this bird, and uh, he ends up becoming the bird. Whoa. Yeah, and then it's like, why do you have to read it then, right? Uh, tripping balls though yeah yeah. Well, it's like I think that it's supposed to be like metaphorical for like artists and and kind of just. Uh, if you want to do something, you have to become it, you know? So I try to, like... Cool. Yeah, take that away so from So what did you feel you had to become to be the lead singer of Wyland? Uh, interestingly enough, uh, I, I still don't know. I'm, uh, I um, I started playing music when I was about 23. Uh, I've always been... Wow, it's y- pretty late. Yeah, pretty pretty late. Yeah. I, uh, I've always been musical. I've always had, um, you know, like, the itch and the desire. Uh, I just never did anything about it, like I feel like so many other people. And uh, when I was 23, I was dating a girl who uh, convinced me to go do a Coldplay concert. And I knew Coldplay. I knew, like, Yellow and Fix You, all the songs that everybody else knew, Clocks. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I went to this concert, and it was literally the most magical experience in my life. It was in, uh, I I think it was, like, 2011. And, um... Uh, the whole time, I think I was like, I, I had a couple of beers in me, and uh, me and my buddy uh, smoked a little weed. And I remember I was just, uh, I was just so blown away by the experience. Uh, they had all these, like, they had these wristbands, and it was the first time that I've seen that. Now everybody's doing it, but mm-hmm. they gave you these wristbands, and the guy literally told you, he said, Don't take these off. If you do, you'll be asked to leave. And I'm like, What the fuck? And uh, we go in there, and at one point, uh, like, Chris Martin, the lead singer, tells everybody to raise their hands in the air, and then all of a sudden, everyone's light goes off on their wrist. And you, Whoa. it was like the first time that I ever felt like a part of something. Yeah. You know, like at a show with thousands of people, but you feel like you're one. And I was like, this is what music is all about, you know? And uh, from there, I dug deep into their catalog. I dug deep into other bands that uh, reminded me of them. And uh, I was like, I think I could do this, you know? And I, I, uh, I started kind of um, uh, um, conceptualizing Wyland, uh, my band. And uh, I've been kind of just chasing the dream ever since. And, you know, 
learning from my mistakes and just trying to apply it to the future, you know? Yeah, that's great. I mean, I so I took a listen to your album. I can definitely tell that you like U2, I want to yeah. say. Yeah, I was raised on U2, so that's uh, okay. That's something I can't get away from. I, you've got that Bono vocal going on in your <laughs> yeah, side. It's cool. You guys got cool production. I was, I was into it. But uh, who else do you find are artists that really helped shape the tone that you that you came in? And actually now knowing that you came in at 23 years old, right. it's like you had a whole lifetime of experience of music yeah. before you were able to get into Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I mean, it, well, it's interesting because it's like I was raised on like Leonard Skinner and you 2 two like completely opposite yeah. groups. Um, and then uh, in high school uh, or before high school, my brother got me into, you know, the whole 90s thing between uh, Limp Bizkit and nice. uh, Nirvana and all, all those types of groups. Um uh, Foo Fighters. I was I was into that whole era. Um, Alice in Chains, everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, high school, I got into the whole emo pop punk phase. You know, like everybody else did for the most part. And uh, I basically uh, started kind of, I guess, growing up and just growing out of those things. Like I still appreciate them. I still listen back and I'm like, damn, that was that brand new album is so good. You know. <laughs> but uh, I mean, at the end of the day, to me, it's it's kind of like the the things that I I found that I loved in bands like U2 and Coldplay is that. They have songs that are timeless and, and universal. You know, you could have a song like Fix You or a song like uh, Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For can resonate around the world, whereas a song like The Grosser from Brand New isn't really going to touch people in uh, China and Australia, mm-hmm. maybe. You know what I mean? Uh, or even like South America. So has that turned into kind of your goal as a musician to be able to make a unifying music? Absolutely, music yeah. I, f- I feel like the Beatles did that, mm-hmm. you know, and they did that so naturally and, and without really thinking about it. And uh, a big thing about music is, you know, trying not to not to think too hard and just do it, right? You want it to be right. authentic. But at the same time, you know, you look back at groups like that and, you know, like the Beatles, uh, you know, in Florida, there was the they one of the first uh, stadium shows they were going to play they were they found out that the the crowds were going to be separated by race and they said we're not playing unless they're everyone's together and it's like that's music you know that's what music does and every and, and sure as shit everybody was put together and nobody had a problem you know um so i think that's the power of music and that's definitely something that you know i, I want to come through in my music you know in my songwriting my art you know i want it to be universal because it is and uh you know, I don't care about niches and things like that. You know, I just want it to be everyone's. When you're writing, are you trying to write on like a specific subject that you think would uh, allow everybody to enjoy a universal subject? Or are you kind of just writing from the heart and whatever comes out, you're hoping that it will be? Yeah, I, I think that I, I think it definitely starts at the heart. And I, I kind of just uh, I just go with what I want to do first. And then uh, as as uh, the months go by and, and the songs kind of develop more and more, I try to keep a focused eye on uh the universal aspect of it you know i mean like obviously like heartache everybody's been through that in some form or fashion mm-hmm. but you know wearing louis vuitton that's i've never worn louis vuitton <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> it's like things like that aren't universal at all right you know um so i definitely try to keep the lyrics in in a uh in a place where uh the working man can get it and the rich man can get it and the poor man can get it you know um because i i feel like we've all we've all struggled no matter who we are and and that's that's a uni- so I definitely try to keep like universal concepts within the lyrics, you know. Um, I know like on on the our latest EP, like I have a song called "The Answer," and uh, that was aimed like specifically at people who didn't vote for Trump, you know. Um, <laughs> got a little political. Yeah, got a little political. Yeah, and I I didn't really want to do that. Um, 
I, I like I like having songs that are uh, where you can interpret it and you can interpret it for how you want. You know, it may be about a girl to me or not about a girl to me, and then something different for you or someone else. You're kind of right. ambiguous. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to. I'd, I always like to kind of do that because um, I love I love interpreting songs, and it's like when you when you're told what the song's about, that's what it's about now. You know, versus mm. in your own mind, you create this story, you create this concept, and that's what it is to you, and that's how it lives in in your mind and your heart. Absolutely. Would you, know? you Would you say that you got some of those universal like? ambiguous like concepts for your writing from maybe like Beatles Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds oh, or yeah. but we all know what that's actually about right. <laughs> you know? yeah 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 totally though I mean like I I love like with with the Beatles I love how like when they were do, like going through that high phase that their writing was so ambiguous you know and they were like messing around with different uh concepts and it was it's cool because even today it's like they're still relevant and you can still like twist them around and and like i am the walrus it's like what, what yeah. are you talking about <laughs> you know it's it's great it's cool um so i really appreciate that kind of songwriting you know john lennon obviously found the bird he wanted to be yeah that bird was a walrus yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he became exactly so i know that you guys shot a short film recently in ireland yep could you yep. tell us a little bit, bit about that are you irish i am yeah i am um so uh nice. uh yeah so my uh I'm uh, my girlfriend, uh, who is my better half. She's literally like, she gets me 100%, and uh, I get her 100%. Um, her little brother passed away uh, in 2016, and uh, uh, it was a really tough time because that's like the closest that anyone's ever been to me passing away. That wasn't like a grandfather or something that like you know that lived a full life. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was a tough year. And in January of 2017. Uh, her and I were working on a, a set, uh, my friend's set, and uh, we were filming something. And uh, she started talking about, uh, you know, writing a script. And I'm like, uh, she's like, she wanted to write something metaphorical about her brother to, you know, keep his spirit alive and almost kind of uh, have a voice for her family and, and friends that didn't really know what to say, you know. And uh, we came up with this really beautiful story about uh, two friends who uh, traveled to Ireland to deliver an unopened letter to uh one of the friend's brothers and that's kind of all i can give away without giving away spoiling anything i'm um, intrigued already yeah yeah it's it's really really beautiful it's a it's a 12 minute film um we raised up twelve thousand dollars and wow. uh we went to ireland um we chose ireland because I, I told ariel i always wanted to go there and we, we just actually bought tickets to go there to begin with and then we're like why don't we just do something productive while we're there you know mm -hmm. uh so we started writing the script and in six months we got uh half a crew in ireland half a crew in america and uh about 12 people going over there and uh incredible people and we uh uh yeah we shot a, an incredible short film which i'm really excited to share with everybody sounds fantastic yeah and uh, you felt that your experience in ireland helped uh, influence your songwriting later on like yeah it was... it's it's the motherland so it's like <laughs> yeah it's actually the first day i was there so we we the the flight um was uh like six or seven hours and it felt like two hours it was really quick um uh, but i was up for about 24 hours uh and the first thing i did i actually met with a music producer out there um who uh, I've been talking to for uh, since the inception of the band. I think I tweeted him when I first started the band. I'm like, hey, just so you know, one day we're going to work together. And uh, he's like, <laughs> cool. yeah, I like your enthusiasm. And then, you know, uh, four years later or whatever, um, he's uh, we're, we met finally. That's and, pretty uh, amazing. Yeah, he was <laughs> such a sweetheart, too. He like, gave me like this huge bear hug. That was like the first oh, thing right he did. On. And he's like, oh, we've been talking for so long. It's so nice to finally like hear your voice and know who, who you actually are, you know? Um, 
but I was like, I was so delirious. I was up for so long, but uh, I played him like a private show and I was like, so that like set me off. I was so high for the rest of the trip. I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Let's, <laughs> you know, like I'm going to come back here. Um, but yeah, as soon as I, as soon as I, like the plane was landing, I looked at my girlfriend. I'm like, I'm sorry, we're moving here. Like this is happening. I'm fucking moving here. Um, it was beautiful. It was the most beautiful place I've ever been to. And uh, uh, musically, I've always like, what I've always loved about bands like U2 and Mumford and & Sons and Coldplay is like, at least old Coldplay, uh, and old U2, I'd say too, um, is that you can hear the land that they're from in their music. You know, like I could, like when I close my eyes and listen to their, their sound, I could like, in the production or whatever it is, I could feel like the, the landscape of Ireland or the landscape of, of like uh, the UK for Mumford and & Sons and Coldplay, you know, like I could really feel where they're from. Totally. You, you know, and it's like, I listened to a song like The Scientist and for some reason I always envisioned like, like listening to his lyrics, like imagining him on like the city streets of London and, and like walking the streets and walking to his, you know, ex-lover's house to tell her like, I need you, you know? And it's like that type of like, um, um, like visualization is what I want to capture in music. And when I was in Ireland, it was finally like, I I, now I see this place. I know I have it for for my music, and I can bring that into my music. Hopefully, you know. Whereas before, it was just dreaming, and I'm imagining. You know? Right. Um, so I'm excited to see how that uh, becomes. Now you can truly, you know, you're feeling your roots over there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's cool stuff. I'll tell you. I listen to. Um, I know they're not that popular in the states, but Thin Lizzy is unbelievable Lizzie, Irish yeah. band, man. Yeah. Oh my god! And when you're listening to, it, well, the songwriting Phil in it was an unbelievable songwriter, and you're hearing his stuff. And then I went back and I'm listening to Flog and Molly recently, yeah, which yeah. they have some wild stuff, but you hear some of their slower songs, and it's heavy stuff, man. And you yeah. can feel the Irish influence. Totally, in there's something very regal about it and like you're not regal uh almost rustic actually yeah yeah it, you know definitely yeah almost like piratey kind of yeah, yeah. It's, they're, they're definitely using some kind of musicals like there's an irish scale there has to be right yeah like, definitely uh, i'm asking you yeah no yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> there yeah. is yeah because you're hearing like in the type of music that they're definitely hitting some certain kinds of notes and you're like man this has a great great fucking feel to totally it, man. yeah totally yeah there's something in. like there's something uh uh there's a there's a, a movie called once um and sing street too Mm-hmm. Uh, same same director. He was in a, a I forget the name of the band. It was an Irish band, um, but the uh, he became a director and his lead singer Glenn Hansard wrote all the music for the the movie once, and uh, it ended up becoming like a Broadway musical. Uh, but even like that, it's like you listen to like the melodies that the Irish like people from different countries, Iceland, Ireland, wherever, Norway, whatever. The way that they their their like choice of um, scales and modes that they choose when they're writing songs is just so much more exotic to us mm-hmm. you know and i think that's what's always drawn me to music like that is that we ha- we don't hear it every day you know we hear at least here we're like now to say it's like oh god uh. no more you know um we just we're flooded with that shit and um like hearing hearing some of those melodies over there and some of those uh, uh, uh instruments like just just the acoustic guitar alone it just it just feels so much more like this is what it's this is what it is to be human, you know, to be mm-hmm. grounded, to be a part of a place, you know, not to be chasing some, uh, you know, formulaic mainstream nonsense, you know, for the totally. Louis Vuitton bag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, guys, let's take a little break just to thank our sponsors, the Blockchain Academy. We want to thank them for letting us use their studio, their equipment to help bring these podcasts to you guys. If you want to check them out, it's at theblockchainacademy.com where they have online courses and world-class instructors you guys should definitely check out. Again, thank you. Let's get back to the show. 
Uh, so as part of the evolution of your songwriting, where did it originate? You know, what really got you into songwriting? Mm. Um, I would definitely say that, uh, I would definitely, I, you know, I, I, I would, I would say that after that Coldplay, uh, concert, I, I think that's when I started to really like, uh, try my hand at songwriting. And, uh, you know, like I listened back cause the only thing, like, like I said, I only really knew those three big hits. And then I was at the Milo Ziloto tour, which is like their 2011 album, which I think was like their fifth studio album, maybe, uh, or sixth. Um, but when I went back and listened to like Parachutes and uh, Rush of Blood to the Head, I was like, this is singer-songwriter type of stuff. This is like coffee shop songwriting, but with a band. And I was like, that's what I want to do. So I uh, I really, you know, started kind of diving deep into like songwriters, you know, like Jeff Buckley and, and things like that. And um, uh, I, I just I just grew this appreciation for the way that they told stories in their music. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to take a you know try at that and and then wyland kind of started becoming something would you say that uh part of your song writing is storytelling or sometimes just not so much of a story but more just poetic in general i would say it's a combination of the two um there's there's uh there's one song that i wrote um uh and 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 it's cool because like some songs come just come out and they pour out like lyrics melodies everything and one of those songs for me was a song that i wrote called lifeboats and uh it's uh, I feel like it's very story based in the verses, and then in the choruses it becomes more poetic and more open for interpretation, you know. And cool. I think that that's kind of like more of my approach with songwriting, where it's like I, f- I feel like the verses are uh, an opportunity to kind of lay out like a a story, and then the choruses are that moment where you can kind of be a little more uh, broad and let people kind of take what they want from it, you know. Awesome, yeah. I like that interpretation. Like yeah, how you're approaching it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so do you, besides songwriting, do you write just poetry? Because I, I personally, I'm influenced by, you know, the pop culture of today. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother used to listen to rock when I was growing up. So, uh, I mean, my parents influenced me a little bit. I have such a broad range of things, but now I'm only listening to instrumental classical music, but I'll still write poetry on the side. Nice. Now you can always just place poetry over music and it becomes totally. uh, a song or a rap. Spoken word. Yeah, spoke. I love spoken word. Yeah, have you yeah. ever done that before? I haven't ever done it. I it's it's interesting because it's like I'm uh, I'm very shy when it comes to like I would like I would hate to play for you guys right now alone like with an acoustic guitar. Too I'm intimate. Like, yeah, it's too intimate. I, I I get like really nervous as opposed to if we're playing like a packed out room. I'm like, yeah, I got this, you know. Nice. Um, so like my buddy does spoken word. His name's John Burke, and uh, he lives in Jersey City, and he is he is incredible. Like he. Uh, he used to be in like a a, a a a hardcore band called Silhouette of a Soldier, and uh, it was like a, such a heavy group. And but he was always so great with lyrics. He's he was always so poetic. And uh, you know he's like a huge uh, Edgar Allan Poe fan. And um, uh, it's it's interesting because it's like I've always kind of turned away whenever I see somebody that's that good. I'm just like I can't fucking do it. You know, it's like, like I used to play every sport when I was younger and it's like, I, I just saw people better than me and I'm like, I can't get that good, you know? So I just didn't do it. And I, he's one of those people that like kind of turned me off, turned me away from it because it was like, you're so good and I can't get there. I know I can't, so I'm not even going to try, but you know, so that's why I'm just like sticking with music and film. I feel like, I feel like <laughs> there I can do something, but right. like poetry is, is such a, um, it's such a tender thing. I definitely, I mean, I, I write, you know, some like free prose, um, but, uh, 
or free form, but um, it's uh, it's definitely not anything up to par with what that guy can do and what some other people that he's introduced me to can do. So, so between you know, you said you're a little shy and you didn't start playing music till you're 23. You've been intimidated by people who are very good at doing things. How did you even? How were you like? How'd you get the band together? You know, yeah. the Wyland guys. How did that even form up? Um, so I I uh, my I grew up with uh, this kid Pablo uh, who lived in my town in Kearney, and um, when I uh, he was actually at the Coldplay show with me, which worked out well. Oh, cool! Uh, so that night when we were both obliterated out of our minds, I talked to him <laughs> about it, and I was like, "Hey, man, like I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna bring you songs." He's a great piano player. He's classically trained. He's the man. That's always um, a good start to a band. It's amazing, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so uh, you know, he's like, "Yeah, sure, sure, whatever, whatever," and didn't really believe me. And then mm-hmm. you know, cut to like three months later, I'm like, "Here's three songs that I wrote. What do you think?" And he's like, "These are great." He's like, "Cool, like, like, let's like add to them." So he bought like a recording software, and he start, we started like building like tracks and making them like really huge and unnecessary. <laughs> and uh, and uh, little by little, we started to kind of like uh, you know bring what we have now into um, some type of form. Uh, I was introduced to like Mumford & Sons like shortly after that Coldplay concert and I became obsessed with them. Uh, the, even today I'd say that they're uh, probably like my number one favorite band. And uh, uh, talk about like great songwriting and, and a, another band that I felt was inspired by like U2, you mm-hmm. know. Um, uh, but yeah, little by little, um, I feel like uh, we just kind of kept recruiting like friends and stuff like that, and then one by like, little by little, the friends would drop out because it's not what they want to do. Right, they're, they're friends for a reason, you know. <laughs> like they're they're not there for that, and uh, and then like we posted an ad on Craigslist, got somebody off of Craigslist, you know, and uh, it was always kind of just like uh, weeding out the people that didn't want to do it, and then finding the people that were like, I love this. Basically, the people that are in this band now are were fans of the band. That we oh, met right playing nice. out, yeah. But that were also musicians and in other bands and striving to make it, and it got to a point where their bands, you know, slowly started to, you know, uh, fall apart. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm like a juggernaut. I will not stop. You know what I mean? Uh, like in my eyes, y- you give up. You know, three months later, that was probably your time to make it. You know what I mean? It's like you just can't stop it, it, with anything in life. You know, as long as I'm writing songs, there's potential. You know. Sure. Um, great outlook. I love yeah, that yeah. mentality. Yeah, yeah. You, you just can't stop. Um, and I feel like uh, you know we we got lucky. The lineup that we have now is is just it's the people that that get the vision. They understand what Wyland is, and you know they're we're all working towards it. Like the piano player Pablo, who I'm still friends with, he still comes and plays some shows. Uh, when he quit, I had to learn how to play piano. Oh so shit! Now I only know how to play piano. You know, it's like uh, that's like just kind of my mentality is like. Uh, uh, you know, when somebody leaves, you just got to pick up the slack and it's going to make you better, you know, and then hopefully, you know, you can replace the person at some point, but if not, you, you know how to do it, you know? Um, so that was that. <laughs> Definitely. Sounds like there's been a lot of evolution in a the, lot of evolution. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Is there kind of a end goal or are you guys just trugging forward and like hoping whatever the next thing is, is yeah. the best thing that you could possibly make at the time? Yeah. I feel like, um, I feel like, you know, because I started so late and, and the people that I'm getting, uh, are also kind of, uh, you know, still in the game, but it's also later for them as well. It's like we didn't have that opportunity to be like the Beatles or even you 2 where you meet in high school and you all jive on one thing and then grow together. It's more like, you know, I had like a vision at 23, and uh, and these people are see they, people have to understand the vision and see the vision. How and old then, are you now? I'm 28. Okay. Yeah. 
And uh, uh, the end goal for me is just to, to be able to make money to continue doing this. I don't care about being rich. I don't care about buying a house. I don't, you know, and, and what's nice is the girl I date doesn't care about that either. Nice. You know, yeah. always a plus. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're, we're on the same page where it's like we just want to create art, you know, and we want to create something that we believe in, that we stand for. Um, you know, like I said, I listen to like, like current, uh, pop music and everything and, it, and it, it makes my skin crawl, you know, it makes my skin crawl that I feel like we're dumbing down our society with that kind of music. You know, I feel like we're creating totally. zombies, man. Idiocracy is becoming a reality. It is. It really is. It's scary. Yeah, it is. And I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like art has always been there to challenge us, you know, uh, philosophically and intellectually, um, and you know everything that I've ever learned as a kid the the real things that I've learned has been from music and movies you know I, I mean I know that's like literally a line from brand new but it's like <laughs> everything that I know is literally from that I learned about love from TV and yes it's it's not right you know I mean I, I learned my love from like romances and then I found out real quick that that's not the way it goes right you know? but that's that's a beautiful thing you know it's an experience that you can't take away from me you know and that's just like one example of it um I used to say that to my parents. I'd be like, I've learned so much from TV and movies. And they'd be like, you should probably just continue <laughs> thinking about school and whatever else it is. But now that you say it, it's like, it is. That's kind of how we were raised. It you know? was. Absolutely. So totally. the, the generation before us, you know, they had the radio and all of a sudden, boom, they're listening to the radio all the time. Mm -hmm. And that was their information constantly being streamed yep. to them. But the TV, movies, um, now Netflix, I mean, now it's everywhere. Yeah, man. And that's okay, even on your phone. And it, it's how I, you use it. I feel with you on that, though. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. I I think like 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 seeing people buried in their phones. I remember I listened to a, a podcast uh, that Hartwick guy, what's nerd the nerd nerdist? Uh, I know who you're talking about, Chad Hartwick, Chris Hartwick, maybe. Yeah, yeah, Chris yeah, Hartwick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had Morgan Freeman on, and and like at the end of like the segment, they asked like a goofy question. And he's like, "What, uh, uh, you know, what would you do in like a zombie uh, attack, an outbreak?" And he's like. <laughs> He's like, we're already there. He's like, have you looked around? He's like, we have people stuck in their phones just Jeez. walking around aimlessly. Morgan he's like, Freeman dropping truth. Yeah, and he's like, here. he's like, I guess I'll be doing the same thing I'm doing now, just going about my business and not being a part of it. <laughs> um, and like, it's interesting because I, I think that like we can use uh, like, you know, YouTube and things like that as learning platforms. You know, even like Netflix and watching watching cinema and things like that and learning from them. You know, like if you look at it from like a from an educational standpoint, it's all beneficial. It's just not getting wrapped up in looking at Facebook and just refreshing the feed and Definitely. Twitter, you know? It's like, and I get caught in that shit too. I think we all do. It's just like, it's just mindless, man, you know? It's easy to get sucked into that bubble, man. But, you know, the, as you know, those things definitely do help influence what we do. I'm totally. sure the stuff that's helped shape your musical um, preferences and influences and uh, what do you think is most prevalent in non-musical media that helped influence your music today hmm. um you read comics you like any fantasy stuff like that yeah that yeah I, I i love science fiction um i've been a, a huge fan of like uh, uh i think like one of the the latest science fiction uh films that i, I really loved was arrival last year i thought that mm. was fucking brilliant uh, what's the new one coming out? Uh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner, yes. But um, oh, Natalie Annihilation. Oh, Annihilation. Natalie Portman oh in Annihilation. God. That looks so good. You saw Ex Machina, right? Yeah, yeah. It was fantastic. 
I am so excited. Yeah, I, that's I don't I love that like 2016 and 2017 like it's like we're we're like finally like giving sci-fi what it deserved. Fuck yeah, you know? right? We finally got the technology to make it happen. That's right. The CGI is there. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's so exciting. Um but I, I I think like the first like sci-fi movie that like came like a comeback sci-fi movie that really blew me away was like Prometheus. That mm-hmm. really yes. that was really inspiring to me. Um cuz I was like, "Oh, cool. Like I think we're starting to get it." Mm-hmm. You know, and then the new alien thing sucked. But uh uh, I'm really excited about Annihilation, Blade Runner. I think uh, I think Blade Runner. I think is going to change the game. Uh, People are saying it's great. The reviews yeah. have been very positive. Yeah, the cinematography so on it looks, yeah, unlike anything I've ever seen. So that's really cool. I'm 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 hoping those are awesome. Uh, is there any standouts for you that you feel um, have influenced certain tracks on an album or? Uh, yeah, well, I'm sorry, I kind of breezed over this. So there's a uh, there's a, a television show on HBO. It's over now uh, mm-hmm. called The Leftovers, mm-hmm. and uh, that it was very popular. I think, yeah, right? yeah, it was like a, had a big like cult following. Mm-hmm. It was uh, every season they were threatened to be canceled. Wow. Yeah, and then uh, see, after season two, they were going to cancel it. Uh, and you know the the writers had to kind of like make like these finale type of episodes, um, and people dressed up as like this group of characters called uh, the uh, I forget what they're called, but uh, they stood outside of HBO and picketed, and then HBO was like, all right, we'll we'll give it one more one final season, which was great because it made the writers like, okay, cool, let's wrap it all up. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I actually wrote a song called Lost Boy on it and um we were actually in talks with uh the music supervisor of the leftovers to put it in the season finale but uh we wrote it during season two which was like really dark very radiohead era mm-hmm. of like the music soundtrack of it uh and then the, the they're fucking geniuses season three they went the complete opposite with the music they went like 50s like happy kind of jolly wow and it like the way it contrasted like the darkness of the show it was fucking brilliant so i was like it wouldn't have made sense. It would have made sense on season two, but we right. were just a touch too late. Oh, that would have been know. huge. Yeah. yeah. Seriously, that's awesome. Yeah. I listened to uh, the score of uh, The Leftovers, like oh, the man. classical score. Yeah, of it. dude. It's so uh, Max good. Max Richter, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. It, that show, I don't know if you guys watch that, but that show, I highly recommend it. Season one is a little uh, slow for some people. Mm. Uh, season two is the best television I've ever seen, and season three is just like, gets all the feels. <laughs> all the feels. <laughs> No, I haven't seen it, but I'd love to. That sounds interesting. It sounded like you were saying that. Have you worked with your girlfriend on certain projects? You guys seem yeah. To be very she close. um yeah. She's always. I always go to her um to uh kind of confirm whether something sucks or something's good. Uh, in terms of like filmmaking, uh, she's my partner. Uh, she's a great actress. Um, and uh, she's she's also like a great writer, and she just has a great eye. She has a great eye for color and and stuff that I just don't think of. Um, so like we, we, we work, uh, as a, as a team pretty much with everything. Any song that I write, I bring to her first. I, I show her before I show anybody, you know, I'm like, Hey, does this suck? You know, what do you think of this? And, and she always tells me straight, you know, that's great. Yeah. So it's nice. Uh, and, and she's somebody else that gets 100% like what I'm doing mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, what, what I'm going for with like Wyland and filmmaking and whatnot. So it's, it's nice to have somebody like that in your corner. That's going to tell you straight up. You know what, she, what's going on. Does she also influence some of your songwriting now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've written uh, uh, one of the songs we have uh, called "Butterflies." I, I wrote about her and our relationship. Um, I saw the video for that song. I actually, really. Yeah, liked she's it. actually in it. She's she's wearing the 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 bear head. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you? The, you're not the panda head, are you? No, I'm not. No, I was actually directing it. So gotcha. Yeah, yeah it was a great job. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we shot it illegally in New York, which is always fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was fun. I was recently a part of a uh, a project um, where 
one of our friends from high school and a bunch of his friends were filming an online series, oh, nice. which I found out soon to be released. Oh, awesome. um, uh, it's called Friends. Friends. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm being an asshole and not remembering that correctly. <laughs> so let's not Who quote me. Who's filming this? Can I uh, ask? Uh, Nicholas. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, our friend Nico from high school. Cool. Um, and I was at first, you know, just a PA, but being a part of it and being there every time they were filming for like a couple of months. Uh, and they were filming before me and then they're like, shit, we need more help. Like, yeah. let me reach out. Uh, and I responded. And when I was helping out, like seeing the amount of time that they put into the production That's of the show crazy. is, yeah, it blew my mind away because yeah. it wasn't just while we were there. Mm-hmm. They were constantly working where we'd go on a weekend, uh, Saturday or Sunday, and I'd be there all day with them right. helping out. And I was just the boom guy. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing big. But because I was there so much and they ended up having one of their actors uh, not show up and mm. they were like, Kyle, can you help us out? Can you just, you know, be Jump this character? In, yeah. And I did. I jumped in it and it kind of influenced me to be like, okay, let me go to acting class. Oh, like, nice. Cool. Yeah. And awesome. I went to a couple of acting classes. It's amazing. And, yeah. And it was just, it was to be a part of a project like that. I had never done that. And I was older. I was yeah. 23 at the time as well. Mm-hmm. And it's now, I think, influenced my life to, hey, I mean, we're on a podcast. What's up? Yeah, yeah, totally. Where where were you before that Coldplay show? Um, I think I was just kind of, it's interesting because I, I, I look back and I think that I was kind of, I was like working full time. My dad uh, uh, runs an electrical company, which I still work for. I've been working for for literally my whole fucking life. <laughs> but uh, I, I was working for him like full time. And like, I think part of me was considering just taking that. And I would have been so depressed. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think part of me was just kind of, I was going with the society, you know? I mean, the girl I was dating, I was like, yeah, I guess we'll get married, you know? And like, just, just do... was like okay with the mediocrity yeah, of your life. Yeah, but like, I, but I've always felt like, you know, and I think this is our generation. Uh, I've always felt like I was just meant for more, you know? Mm. I feel like our parents kind of put this thing in our head where you could be anything. And then like, as you're getting older, you're like, could I? And then that show kind of like was like, yeah, you can do it. Just fucking do it. You know, and I think that like any advice that anybody who you respect is going to give you is going to be go out and do it. Make your own possibilities, you know, and like even like being on like a film set. It's like you see how like you were just a boom operator, but it couldn't be done without the boom operator. You know what I mean? It's like everybody is as equally as important as the next person on a set. And like I feel like that's something that you can really bring into anything that you do in life. It's like, I remember when, when I first started the band, I was kind of like a dictator. I'm like, has to be this, has to be that, has to be this, has mm-hmm. to be that. But at the end of the day, it's like, you need the collaboration and you need everybody to, everybody has to be on the same page. Everybody on a film set is on the same page. They right. have the vision of what they're doing and everybody's working to complete that vision, you know, make that happen. And, uh, you know, it's the same thing with like music or anything else that you're going to do in life. Even like, I try to bring it to like my dad and his company. I'm like, hey, listen, you need organization and you need everybody at your company to feel like they're a part of it and to feel that, you know, they're necessary and that their their contributions are, are um, welcomed and appreciated, you know, and that's how you, you know, potentially run a good business and have people on board that are going to fight for it, you completely, know? Completely there with you. Yeah. yeah. It's so important to be appreciated. Yeah, totally. Because the, the moment someone doesn't feel appreciated, it, it falls apart and their enthusiasm yeah. for whatever oh, the it's occupation gone. It's is. Gone. Yeah. Com- yeah, completely. Yeah. And nobody sees that. That all happens in their head. Yeah. And so they'll come into work one day and they're like, nah, you know what? Fuck this. I'm gone. Yeah. And they'll just leave. Yeah, man. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I feel like that's been like, that's been um, 
you know, anything in life that any of us have probably given up. We were just like, fuck this. I don't belong here. Yeah. I'm not appreciated here. My That's contributions right. aren't appreciated, mm-hmm. you know? And then you find something like this podcast where you're like, you guys and Ori, you're all on the same page. You guys get what you're doing and you, you know, you, you guys appreciate each other and you I feel I appreciate this. you, Ben. I appreciate you, Kyle. Oh. Nice. We appreciate you too, Ori. Back room. Fuck you, Ori. And we appreciate you. <laughs> 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 sucks, Ori. Sucks, sucks, sucks. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, you are in the music industry now. You are in the film. I mean, if you've created the short 12-minute uh, film, mm-hmm. how do you separate your time scale on the two? Yeah. Um, well, I, I uh, so I, I've been, I, I, like I said, I still work for my dad uh, three days out of the week, and I've actually started doing like bar gigs that I'm very disconnected to. I don't put much time into them. I just do it for, for the, the side change. Um, but the days that I'm off where I have full days or any hours in between, I, I count for every single hour and uh, I, I try to approach it like school. Um, so like Saturday, Sunday, Monday and Thursday, I'm off. So I treat those like I'm in school from not like 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. I put in working out. I put in an hour of guitar exercises, an hour of piano exercises. Um, I, I go through YouTube and I look at, uh, you know, some like uh, guitar videos, some jam things. Like I just I spend a, a shit ton of time just trying to constantly educate myself because I feel like the older I'm getting, the stupider I'm getting. Um, and stupider. Kyle's getting wet over here. He loves I am. a man who likes to be organized. So. <laughs> Organization and you're constantly wanting to be a student, wanting to learn. Yeah, man. Can I hook up with you? Like your girlfriend <laughs> yeah. wouldn't be jealous, right? Talk to Ori. Yeah. No. <laughs> I see the love in the room here. Yeah, man. Yeah, I just, you know, it's just like uh, I just always want to better myself. You know, it's like the older we get, our bodies deteriorate, our minds deteriorate. We have to do everything that we can do to try and be the best version of ourselves, and we have to absolutely work at that every single day. And if we don't, something I'm haunted by. My grandfather, who passed away, he was the musician in the family. He passed away, I think, in like 20, uh, 2009 or 2010. And uh, I remember one thing he said to me, and it's resonated with me ever since I was a little boy, and it's haunted me, is that one day of uh, missing rehearsal, you'll never get back. You know, and like that has time, like there's always been like a ticking sound in my head. Um, and that f- like saying has always haunted me. So I try to use that to be productive and, and like it screws me up though. Cause like any day that goes by where I'm not on top of it, like today I woke up late and everything, I'm like, I'm a mess. I'm like emotionally a mess. <laughs> I'm like kind of like stressed and, you know, so it's like it's tough because you create those like really tight schedules and it's exciting when you get. You know, when you, you get through it all, but mm-hmm. when you don't get through it all, you feel a little shitty. So right. it's a balance. And throw you off a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I hear you on that. I have an extremely tight schedule. Yeah. Uh, and when I wake up early or wake up late and I'm not able to work out in the morning, yeah, I'm like, oh, my God, this week's ruined. You yeah, know? man. And I'm hard on myself. But the reality is, you know, my body also needs that rest. Your mind needs totally. that rest. Totally. Yeah, yeah. If you, you're right. Even on your mm-hmm. off days, if you're putting yourself through, you know, your own personal education of music having an off day occasionally is great yeah and it's okay to reward your brain for that yeah you're right no you're 100 percent right yeah i mean like one of my favorite things is just to sit down and watch horrible horror movies i love <laughs> shitty horror movies any horror movie that comes out i watch even if it's garbage and i have no idea why um, they seem to generally be garbage too they do <laughs> man like it's lot. so rare to find like a good horror movie did you see it i did and i um i enjoyed it it was fun uh the kiss scene uh, without spoiling anything for anybody, but I I hated that, the like being brought back after mm-hmm. the kiss. I thought that was so fucking corny. Um, and I get it. I get it. It's like a coming of age thing. Uh, you hear in the book there was like supposed to be like a child orgy 
and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of fucked up shit in the book. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, fucking go there. Man up and go there. I mean, I don't want to yeah. see that, but I'm just saying, like, right. man up and, like, man up and go Breaks there. Like, boundaries. Yeah, yeah, you know? Like, I feel like the kiss thing was just kind of like, the whole thing was pretty badass, you know, the beginning of the film, mm-hmm. you know, with the arm and everything. It's nice, like, yeah. It's like, God damn, this is like, this is going there. Yeah. And then, like, they kind of, like, t- took a step back and, uh, I felt like they got a little corny when they didn't need to. They could have been a little more ballsy. Um, Wait another 27 years, they'll come out with another It movie. It's exactly. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. Get there. Well, that's right. the thing about horror movies. They always feel like uh, a little schlocky, at least. It's yeah. never like the proper, proper, you know. Right. Well, it was interesting watching The Shining last yeah. night um, and seeing the way that, like, what was that, the 70s when that came out? I think so, yeah. I think so, yeah. So it's interesting how, like, horror was back then and, like, a lot of the things that were terrifying were just, we didn't see anything. We just saw, mm-hmm. like, a close-up of, like, somebody's face like this. It was the sure. suspense. Yeah, yeah, man, and the, the music. Jaws suspense, right? Yeah. yeah, and it's, like, it's there's so much more power. That was another thing about it is, like, I loved seeing Pennywise, and it was I, I wanted to see him over and over again. Mm-hmm. But, like, a movie like The Exorcist, I didn't want to see that little girl. That little girl scared the shit out of me. You know what I mean? Right. It wasn't cool. It was fucking terrifying. And even The Shining, it's, like, there were moments that were terrifying, uh, like with with uh, that bathroom scene with like the old lady when Jack Nicholson likes making out with like a young woman and then she becomes old. That was fucking scary, you know, versus like I feel like now it's like we're playing more with like being cool and, and making it like special effects, mm-hmm. you know, and focusing on that and and like cheap scares, I'd say. The pop outs. You're going to exactly, get scared. Yeah. It's yeah. an innate reaction that when something pops out of you, you jump. Right. Totally. Yeah. 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 Totally cheap scare. Well, we've got only a few minutes left, so sure. I've got one interesting question. Well, you tell me if it's an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not going to be probably interesting. Probably not that interesting. <laughs> no, I, I do want to want – like let's say you would look at yourself at 23 or any fan that's 23 years old or a little – you know, you're past high school. You're maybe mid-college or a little after, mm-hmm. but they're interested in picking up something that they think that they can connect to and connect to other people with. What yeah. would your advice to them be to get into that thing? I think it depends. They they have to take a real hard look at themselves and say, how bad do I want this? Because if you want it more than anything in this world, then you have to just stop talking about it and do it. Uh, but you also have to be ready for all the things that come with that. You know, your parents not necessarily agreeing with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you just want to do it as a hobby, then yeah, take your time. You know, there's no rush. Uh, I remember my dad told me over and over again, you could wait till you're 50 to start playing with music, you know, and just work your whole life, you know, because that's their mentality. But for what I want to do, how I want to do it, I have to do it now, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm young, <laughs> you know. Not just young, but motivated. Motivated. Yeah. So you exactly. feel that passion within Absolutely. you to do it. Yeah, and the older you get, I think you lose it, you know, if, if things aren't happening. You can get jaded quick. Uh, Definitely. And I think that the biggest thing, like I said before, is just not giving up. If, you're, if you got that fire and you believe in yourself and you believe in your vision, you know, uh, if you don't stop, you're going you're gonna to go somewhere. You know, as long as you're good, of course. I mean, if you suck, <laughs> if you suck I don't know. It's got to have a little bit of a yeah. skill. You got to get somebody that you trust to tell you whether or not you're good because th- we all sound fucking great in our heads. Right. You know? I mean, I think even now, I think when I sing, I'm like, damn, my voice is awesome in my head. And then when I hear it recorded, I hate it. Yeah, I, hate I know it. that feeling. Yeah, I'm sure you guys deal with it too, just talking yeah. into the mic mm-hmm. every day, you know? Well, not every day, but yeah. Not every day, <laughs> but yeah. Also, being a tone deaf musician is like, the hardest <laughs> thing on the planet. Fucking garbage. Um, Seriously, yeah, no, awesome. I really am. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> it's fucked up. You got any closing questions, Kyle? No, I don't. I, Ryan, I really want to thank you for coming in. Yeah, yeah. thank you guys for having yeah. me. This was awesome. Yeah. This was great. Yeah, I, I really, really like appreciate the, you what you had, had to share. Time. 
Hell yeah. So thank you guys so much for joining us for, oh, excuse me, even before I do that, Ryan, do you want to have uh, uh, some plugs, please? Sure. Twitter, um, Facebook, Instagram, yeah, whatever you want, spit absolutely. it out. Sure. So uh, you can find my band on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at We Are Wyland, W-Y-L-A-N-D. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And then the film, I don't know when that's coming out. We're uh, we're it's a lot of money, so we're you we're, let us know and we'll post it. There you go, there you go. Yeah, so we'll be back about that. Okay, sounds great. We are happy to have you on the show, Ryan. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode on the Disconnection Podcast, where we aim to inform, inspire, and close the disconnections in your life. We'd like to thank our guest Ryan for joining us today and delivering a unique perspective on a range of topics. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes and YouTube. My name is Kyle. And I've been Ben. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Disconnection.